Gold by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Round, or not Roundtable. It's a podcast. Clydesdale Media Podcast. Yeah, the holidays are coming. Mine's not working completely, but we're going to have some fun today because we have with us uh, the 35 to 39-year-old champion of legends, Megan Markey. Megan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you. We kind of talked off air a little bit. You're the third person we've interviewed thus far. And um, and your story is just different than the other two we've talked about. The other two kind of accidentally fell into CrossFit. Um, and it just some, was something that they were kind of naturally good at and worked at to get better. You've been around the sport for a little while. Um, you've been doing the open for a while. You've done teams. You've done a lot of things. So I'm I'm going to turn it over to Jamie in a second. But my first question to you is, when you signed up for Legends, like what was the goal? Yeah, my goal was kind of to check out the Masters Division. Um, I, I'm newer to the, to the Masters Division. This is technically my second year um, because of where the, you know, the age cutoffs for the games. I technically was Masters as a 34-year-old. Um, and so I just, I'm newer and I kind of wanted to see what it was, is the programming different? What are the people like, you know, how, where do I hang with, with this group versus the group I'm used to? And so I think just kind of exploring that was really my goal. What, what did you discover? Well, it seems like I can hang, which is great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm still going to have to keep exploring is, you know, is the programming like we saw that, you know, that weekend is that how masters is, or is that this one weekend, you know, that we had with Bob. So I'm, I'm still trying to sift through that. You know, I did do a couple of the quarterfinals and in masters and some of those workouts to try to figure out, you know, like, is it, is it less skill? Um, or is it not, you know, do, why do we do so many more lunges and benching? You know, is that a pattern or is that just something that happened to happen a couple, you know, in a couple of years? So I'm kind of just still wrapping my mind around, you know, the whole division. Yeah. Go ahead, um, yeah. I mean, so like, so the audience knows you were in the 35, 39 for the open season this past year um, and made it to quarterfinals. And they only took this past year. They only took the top 30 to semifinals and you were 39th. Yeah. And that's even better than honestly, I thought I was going to do. I thought, you know, I've had a whirlwind of things in my, in my personal life in the last year. Um, all positive, but all bringing me away from CrossFit and training. Um, and so that was also kind of an exploratory, like, where do I fall? Really no expectations to move past quarterfinals, but where I placed, so I was like, well, okay, well, maybe I can keep doing this, you know, maybe it's not over for me. Um, but, you know, doing the math too, you know, still kind of evaluating like, yeah, for how few people they take, does it make sense for me to keep doing, you know, a standard individual route? Um, does it make sense to do team? You know, what's like, what's my best avenue forward in the sport? Where, you know, where do I, my skills fit best? Um, so that was still kind of exploratory. So honestly, that placement, I was still pretty happy with um, and would have been in no place to move on to, to further, you, you know, games or, you know, semifinals events anyway. Did, so. you, did you do all the semifinals workouts to see where you would have been? I did some of them. I don't, I didn't get them all done. Um, okay. but I did, you know, I certainly paid attention to them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely saw the skill go up. I saw some of the weights people were putting up. Um, and so, you know, it's, um, I think it's going to look a lot different this year with how many more people they're taking in. Um, so we're going to have to kind of reevaluate, um, you know, which way I want to go. It, absolutely. I mean, that has to make you excited knowing, now it's 25% move on and then 40 get to make it to the game. So like you would have been, you would have been in. So you have a real, for sure, a real shot this year, but also we get to, we get to not pay two. It's the same weekend. We get to do the individual quarterfinals. So you have both options right out the gate. 
Yeah. Right. Which is super exciting for someone like me that doesn't still doesn't really know where I belong. Um, and I get to, you know, I think it's going to be all the same workouts, right? If I read that right. Yeah. So that yeah. means everyone in the gym gets to do it together um, versus having to like squeeze in, you know, everybody, you know, everybody else who's younger does the workouts with me to help me out. And I do their workouts. So I'll help them out. And we're all just tired at the end of the week, you know, that month. Um, so I think that's going to be a fun change. We'll see if that sticks, but it'll be fun to, to do this year. It yeah, I'm excited. Is one of the things you discovered doing legends that online competition may not be your best, your best self, that in-person competition is actually better for you? You know, I don't think it's that. I think that online competitions give you less workouts. And I think the suspicions I always have, I think were proven to be true over legends, which is that the more workouts you give me, the better I'm going to do. I think a three-day comp is better than a two-day comp for me. And I think an online qualifier with like three to five workouts isn't going to be as good for me when everyone can do it multiple times, take their sweet time to do it. Um, I think I have stamina to last the whole weekend. And I think that, you know, I do have some holes that I really need to work on. And the more workouts you give me, the more I can overcome those. So if you look at the Legends weekend, right, we started with swimming, not a forte of mine. I was super exposed, which is good for me. And I take with open arms. Um and then we had a lift, not a strength of mine either. Um, and especially it hasn't been a priority for me in the last couple of years. It's something I have to work really hard at to stay strong. And if I neglect it for a little bit, it shows quickly. So, you know, we started the whole, the day I started in 18th, I think. And I was like, mm, top half, like that's, it's not too bad. You know, that's kind of was my, I was like, well, for, considering there were two weaknesses, um, you know, and then I slowly clawed my way back up, which is just my story in CrossFit through the years. Um, and so I think I was just given the time in, in legends to show that and to come back. Um, and so I think it's more of that than online because, you know, previously in the open, I've placed pretty well. Um, you know, and it's, it's kind of been, you know, I make, you know, I maybe make the team because of my open scores, but then, you know, when we go into later competition, I'm not strong enough and I'm kind of the weak link. And so, you know, I've helped teams get there and then not been super helpful on the other end of it. Um, so online qualifiers usually are okay for me. You know, I finished fifth in legends, having not repeated any of the workouts. I did them in a few days. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that. Um, I think that, um, I think I learned, you know, I learned that long, long weekends are good for me. And I learned, um, how important scoring is for the choices you make, um, on the, on the floor. Right. I think a lot of athletes didn't pay attention to the scoring style that, um, that was chosen, um, that really, uh, benefited somebody placing first through six, um, mm -hmm. versus middle of the pack throughout the weekend. Right. So when you had a two part workout, it was much better to place first and last than it was to be, to place 10th and 10th, um, because of how the scoring worked out. Um, and so I think, especially, you know, getting to that last day, I think, you know, I wonder if, you know, some other athletes had realized that if they would have made different choices in those last workouts. So that that was a lot to unpack. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to Jamie for a second because, you know, I, I see similarities in that. Where did what Megan say about having more workouts is that better for you? Did that resonate with you, Jamie, as well? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, I've I've always preferred more workouts, and I I don't like the uh, online format where people do a workout three times. And, um, I mean, you don't get that luxury in a comp. You hit the floor, you do it. Mistakes happen like the rope climb workout for me. Um, like things happen, things don't go perfectly and you don't get to redo it and put in a better score. Um, I was the same as you in the, in the online qualifier. I just did them one time through and was, was confident enough that I'd make it there. Even if I'm not sitting in top five to make it there, it doesn't really matter. Like I just need to get there. Right. I don't want to stress over online qualifiers. Um, but yeah, more for me has always been better. I would say we've been a very similar type athlete. Like um, I know the audience doesn't know this, but I've known Megan now since we were at Granite Games together and Megan actually went with, I've talked about Selena on here plenty of times. Megan was on a team with Selena and that's where we met. And so I've followed Megan's story for years. Um, and I will, I think we're, pretty similar athlete. Like you were, like you said, you were 20th in the strength at legends. Um, and I said this on the other podcast, only one person to one of the 65 year olds, but only one, one person outside of that, that won the strength, won their division. So like, I will say, I think 
Legends was well-rounded enough programming that it what didn't need to just be the strongest athlete. Like they really had some CrossFit stuff in there and that paid out in the end, not just being the strongest. So that was great for both of us for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think that I've always been good at pushing my 80, 90% in Metcons, which is not something you're supposed to be able to do. Right. Which shows that my maxes should be higher, but you know, is also a trainable skill, right. To be able to hold 80% through a Metcon. I mean, I won the, the heaviest workout Metcon, right. That there was with the 155 squat cleans, um, mm-hmm. but had one of the lowest lift scores. So, you know, I think that's just something that I, I prioritize and find as just as an athlete and as a person more important that I I can push heavyweights for a lot of reps over having a strong max, but you know, you pay for that too. So shout out to not a taxidermy deer uh, who gave us $1.99. I I agree, Jamie, one and done. Um, That that brings me to a question I have for both of you because Jamie and I have, have talked about this on our show that there seems to be a trend of getting heavier um, through that, that a more importance is put on getting heavier. What is your, you've been around the sport a while. What are your impressions of that? And how do you see that working out, uh, as you move into masters or maybe not getting heavier, like your body weight or the workouts getting heavier? I would almost kind say both. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was moving that way very quickly. Um, if you look at something like the 2015 regionals where like not a lot of women could overhead or could snatch 155, but they had overhead squats on the floor. You remember that workout? Um, and it started to almost spiral out of control in my opinion. Um, I didn't think they were testing the fittest people anymore. I think they were just testing the strongest people. Um, I feel like there's been a step back, um, in the last handful of years to even that out a little bit more, um, which I think at least for me, I've, I've looked at the programming the last couple of years and been like, well, maybe this is interesting again for me because I felt like with my size, I was getting phased out a little bit. Um, and I, I feel like I'm in the game again with some of the new changes they've made. Um, I think, you know, we've always seen you're a little bit limited in that, you know, semifinals or regionals, um, you know, stage by the facility they're in. But once you get to the games, I mean, they are, they are testing agility. They're testing so many things that I think they're struggling to test in earlier stages. Um, So I think they want to test it. I think they're not always, they're not always hitting the mark in something like the open. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I hope the trend continues to be more well-rounded and less big size, but I'm, I'm optimistic about it personally. If you asked me three years ago, I'm not sure I would have said the same thing, but I like where it's going. Um, and I'm crossing my fingers that bigger isn't always better. Um, I've certainly been all shapes and sizes. I've, you know, I've, I've learned how to control my body over the years and, you know, I've been about 15 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, you know, shooting for an individual, uh, you know, uh, sanctional at the time. Um, and I've been about 15 pounds less than I am now, um, which at my body weight, I'm, you know, I sit somewhere around 125, but it's a huge difference. Um, and so I felt how CrossFit is at all those body weights. And it certainly does make a difference, um, to be bigger, especially when you bring in something like machines. Um, but as long as you have enough workouts period and enough workouts that are, that are different, um, and not just power workouts. Um, you know, I, I think you should be able to, I mean, I should still be training power, right? I should still be lifting heavy just because I'm small. So as long as you make me do all the things, I still think I can, you know, claw my way out of those and do some damage control. What, what are your thoughts of legends not having a machine? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to speculate, but you know, with games happening in the future, you know, I imagine there was some, difficulty with sponsorships and, you know, getting machines in, if I was just to speculate, I, I could see how that would be challenging to, you know, to have conflicting sponsors, um, having to, you know, start to use some of the games sponsors and having that conflict with another brand or something. So I wonder if that's not part of it. Um, you know, I think I would have liked to see more monostructural components period, but I don't, I don't think it has to be a machine. And I think to test power, you don't need a machine. Um, we have our legs. We could have run, right? It was beautiful in Arizona. I think that was, you know, definitely could have happened. Um, I think, you know, not seeing events over like 10 or 15 minutes was 
um, for me, kind of a bummer just because I'm really proud of, you know, the varied time domains that I train in. Um, but you know, events get to choose whatever they want to test you and you show up and, you know, if they, I mean, it was a challenge in its own right to do eight minute workouts basically throughout the whole weekend that felt like Fran, like, can you sprint until you're almost throwing up twice a day for four days? Like that was a test in itself. No one's ever asked me to do that before. So, I mean, you know, it's every, every comp is different and you have to be able to hang for whatever they ask you. Right. We could have shown up and it could have been a heavy workout for every single workout. And that was still the comp, you know, they didn't tell us before we got there really what we were doing, which I love. I mean, that's like old school CrossFit, right? Like our old competitions, you didn't know what the workouts were. You showed up and they were sitting, you know, they'd say, do this. Um, and I love that. I so, agree. No practice, no gaming. Yep. Right. You mentioned that you've been, you've been on teams a lot. Do you, do you prefer one over the other teams or individual? I think historically teams workouts have been a lot more sprinty. Um, and that's not my favorite. I have, um, a background in field sports. I have a big, a pretty big aerobic base. Um, and so I like, being able to go my own pace. Um, and I like longer workouts. Um, but there's something about suffering with a team and training with a team that just, you can't replicate by yourself. So I like both for their own reasons. Um, I think that, um, something I've learned, something I learned actually from, from going to Granite Games with this team that I had never met before. Um, the way we form this team is just everybody who was in 50th place in the qualifier just came together and joined the team. We emailed each other and we said, wouldn't this be cool? Um, and to the credit of Granite Games, I think we were all pretty much on the same level at that, in that time of year, like at that exact date. And I don't think I've ever had more fun on a team prior to that. I maybe have been shooting for individual, didn't make it. So I pushed together this team of people who weren't ready and I was peaking or the opposite, right? I claw my way into a team that I really shouldn't be on and I'm the weak link and it's not fun on that end either. So I think that when I experienced everyone being like the same fitness level, the same pace, you know, everyone having a hole and covering each other, like we had a, a team that meshed, I, I think I started to realize how it could be really fun. I just maybe haven't had the right, um, you know, the right people to make it work. And of course it gets so hard when it's, you know, only affiliates too, you know, when there was that rule and then we kind of go back and forth about if that's a rule every year, but it just gets hard with scheduling six people teams was a nightmare to schedule, right? So four person team is a great change. Um, I would love to see three person same sex teams be part of the games or have that be a permanent change at the games. If I were to vote, that's what I would do. Um, I think for flow, it would be easier. You already have all the women's equipment set up. Now you run a team, right? Um, but to, 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 I guess to answer your question, which is, <laughs> which do I prefer? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the year. You have to ask me every year. You seem to truly be a go with the flow. Like whatever the competition gives me, whatever, whatever that year kind of pans out to be, I'm ready to go with whatever, whatever's on, whatever's asked of me. Yeah. I think that's a learned, a learned skill. I it was not always like that. Um, I was young. I yelled at my judges. I, said workouts were dumb because I wasn't good at them. Right. I've, I've had the bad attitude. I've done it. And then I think a couple of things happen. You get more confident in your abilities. I know I can snatch if there's a little kid running around in front of me at the gym. Five years ago, I needed to have the exact same plate brand on either side. Everything had to be perfect because I was so bad at snatching that like nothing could be wrong with my situation. Right. And I'm more confident in my ability. And so it's like, I don't need to be so worried about I trust myself. Um, and you know, I, I just, I got older. Right. And I think that's what I loved about legends is that everyone was over that hump, right. Of feeling privileged and having everything, you know, handed to them. Not that everyone did. Right. But I'm just saying, you know, I think you're, when you're, you know, maybe 20, right. You just don't see the whole picture. And I think everybody was kind of over that. And so there was a lot of like really good attitudes. Everyone was having fun, whether they lost or they won or, you know, so, you know, maybe a piece of equipment didn't, you know, work perfectly or whatever. Um, so, you know, I've 
now I'm, you know, part owner in a gym, right? We've, we've run comps. I get how hard it is. I'm not going to complain about it, you know? Um, but it's learned. It's definitely learned, right? I mean, you, you still always see the, the guy at the gym that needs the music on or he can't exercise, right? It's like, you grow out of that, I think. Uh, Alexis de Detroit uh, jumps into the comment and says, my OCD makes it where I need same plates. On each side. <laughs> well, we're all different, right? Yeah. You know, I think, I think COVID shook us all a little bit too. It's like, you know, you might not have the same plates on both sides. You might, you're lucky to have some plates today, you know? <laughs> um, and I mean, on top of that, I just love working out. I just, you know, I hear people that, oh, I, I've got burnt out and then I had to do this. I had to take a break. I've never felt that. I don't get it. I don't relate to it. I've always loved exercise. Sometimes I just don't want to cycle a barbell for a while. I'm okay. I use a dumbbell or I go play soccer or I do something else. I go for a hike. You know, it's just, I've never felt like I have to do anything and, and I'm forcing myself. Um, and there's, there's so many ways to exercise that I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't get that, I guess. I used to be a same plate on each side guy. Yeah. And then the, the gym I moved to had like weights set up in, so when COVID came, we had lanes and every lane had everything you needed in your lane. And, and there you just took what you got. Right. But at least you were able to work out. And I think like it made you appreciate that at least I get to do this. Right. And, and it doesn't have to be perfect anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you surround yourself with the right people who call you out on that stuff. Like get over yourself, put the plate on, you know, right. <laughs> you know, and if you have your, like, um, you know, your things that make you lift better and you want to, you know, you need the same plates. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not judging that Alexis, but, um, you know, I just, I just think, you know, when I've, when I've had a bad attitude, I've almost always had someone there who trains with me being like, did you just yell at that guy? Like, go back over there. Absolutely not. This is not, this is not who you're going to be. No. And, you know, and so I think that's, that's important too. And, you know, being, being in a gym for me has done that. Um, you know, and a lot of people work out, you know, work out in their home gym and stuff. And that's, that's fine too. But um, for me, I just, I've gotten so much value out of being around people who can hold me accountable for things like that. Before we dive into the, like uh, the competition specific stuff, I want, I do want to dive into a little bit of your personal life um, because Lex brings up again, love that you have the balance and you work and have a family and own a gym. Talk about like be, having to go with the flow. You were on an adoption journey um, recently. You thought one thing was coming, you get another thing. Like life throws things at you and you have to like adapt in the moment. Can you walk us through what that was like to think you're getting a girl or a boy and you get a girl? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it even starts before that, actually. Um, so um, my family and I decided to, to foster a baby um, probably a year and a half ago now. Um, and of course, like when someone hands you a baby, I want that baby. I want that baby to be my baby. And um, about six weeks later, they found another home for that baby. Um, and then flash forward, maybe two months, they placed us with another baby. This one had high medical needs. Um and, and that baby stayed with us for about seven months. Um, and then about three months after that, we, we did have a birth mother contact us about adopting their baby. So I, uh, we have had three infants within the span of one year. So I thought I knew what sleep deprivation is, but when it lasts a year, I, I do not think I ever had any concept. Um, I've, when it comes to competition, I always thought I'm going to go individual, uh, regular division until my joints tell me you need to be in the master's division. Um, and then I fostered two children and adopted a, a baby. And I instantly felt like 30 years old, in my, 30 years older in my whole body. And I was like, oh my gosh, I understand now why they created this division. Like the person that I am coming to a competition as is not the same person physically as one year ago. I mean, I think there will be both long-term and short-term, you know, effects of, you know, having, having a baby at all. And I didn't even birth the baby. So, you know, so I can only imagine, you know, if somebody's done that. So, um, so yeah, so we, we were placed with, um, 
this child for adoption. We were in, uh, in the hospital um, for her birth. Uh, ultrasound said it was a boy. And then they said, oh, it's a very pretty girl. Right when she came out, we were like, okay, <laughs> we have a girl now. Um, I don't know. It's been fun. Uh, you know, our, our foster kids were both boys. So it's been fun to, you know, feel like this is a brand new journey um, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, going with the flow has been the last whole year, not just this baby, right? It's been, this baby might be mine forever. It's not. This baby might be mine forever. It's not. Um, this baby might be a boy, it's a girl. I mean, these are huge life changes. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's probably been part of the lessons learned too. Hopefully they apply elsewhere. Uh, Corey Leonard says kids are absolutely game changers. They are, they are, you hear it. And then when it happens, it's like, oh, okay. I understand what they were describing now. Yeah. This is different. This is, so I think it, I think it's safe to say that legends is the biggest win you've had in your career. And you do that in the same year that you have all this personal stuff happening in, in a really cool way. And I saw, like, you made a couple posts about, like, how happy you were that your girls were there to support you, right? Like, so what did, what did all of that mean in that process? Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I think one thing that I learned is that I think the more you let go of some things, all of a sudden it's like successes just come at you, right? It's like, I think there's like a power in caring less a little bit, right? Like, I think, you know, I, I came into that competition thinking, yeah, we'll just kind of try my hardest every workout, right? There were some people in other lanes that were like, oh, that was so fun going back and forth with you in that workout. I mean, I kind of was like, didn't want to hurt their feelings, but I was kind of like, I had no, were we, were we? I don't, I just went as hard as I could and I had tunnel vision and I had a good time and I didn't know we were like fighting for first there or whatever. I just like was doing my thing. Um, and, you know, I don't think that's how I approached things before this competition. I think I just was like, oh, I'll try to beat that one girl or, you know, I, everything was so calculated. Um, and I wonder if that maybe wasn't a blessing for me a little bit. And then, yeah, having my girls there, I mean, I think that you're lying to yourself if you think that you only do this just for yourself, right? Like, I think outside acknowledgement is like, we have to admit it's so important to us. Like, if my gym and my members are proud of me or like, think it's so cool that, you know, I do the programming for them and I just won that, like, that means a lot to me. And I can't pretend that it's just like me feeling good about myself. And I do this to prove this to myself. It's to prove it to other people too, I think, you know, I want, you know, I think I want you know, my, my family to think it's really cool and to see me work hard and, you know, and see me, you know, fight up from a, a low placement and not give up. And, um, yeah, it was really special. You, you say you didn't notice the people beside you. Did you, did you notice your family in front of you at the end of the lane? I wish I could say I did, but when I say tunnel vision, it was severe. Especially in that lunge workout, man, I don't even know if I knew my name after that one. But I did look okay. for them after. I looked for them after and they were just, it's, it's cute to see a little baby recognize you. Yeah, it's really cute. She got excited and clapped. And so, so that's something I've never asked Jamie. Like, do you notice your family at the end of the lane? Your friends? I hear Ronica very clearly but she's loud um I rarely hear Aaron he he can be hard to hear um and he's not at everything and then and there's times where I'm like I like kind of like black out and just like it's like womp womp you know like you're like oh you're like literally like going too hard that you can't quite um but yeah, I see them during certain things, especially in workouts that like in jump, I like was watching them. I I knew what I was looking at in jump, but that like, it depends on the workout. It depends on how hard I'm like hurting or when I'm struggling, it's hard. Um, when I'm doing good, I feel like I can look for them. I think it's the moment yeah. before and the moment after, right? You look up, you see they're yeah. there and you're like, oh, I got it. They're watching. Gotta go hard, yeah. right? Yeah, during jump, I think Ronica punched me at least 37 times, especially when you were doing the heavy double unders. Wow. <laughs> what is she doing? What is she doing? 
a little flustered there in that set. Yeah, that was a disaster. <laughs> things happen. All right. So the I want to touch on one more thing before we get to to the event, and that is when I look at your Instagram, there are as many fishing pictures mm. as there are CrossFit pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fishing yeah. and fitness are closely tied for me. Closely tied. What does fishing mean to you and what does it do for you? Yeah, two things. Um, one, I've, uh, I had a friend at one point tell me that I was miserable to be around unless I, one, exercised and two, spent at least an hour outside every week. And she basically gave me the advice of you need to, you need to allocate this time for yourself every week. Some, so just being outside, I think being by myself and being outside. So those are probably the two things, right? Being outside in nature, I grew up in Minnesota, which is close to Canada. I heard that you're uh, a Canada bias show. So I feel like that's pretty close. Um, we don't think that our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I don't um, deny it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I grew up always being outside. Right. And so I think it kind of, you know, it makes me feel like a little kid again and just kind of calms me down and um, gets me some sun. Right. And then it gives me my alone time too, which I think is just important for everyone, no matter how you do it. Right. And it's especially ch- more challenging as you have children. To, to make sure you cut out that time for yourself. So I think it does those two things to me. Plus fly fishing is really good for people who have no chill. Um, and I am one of those people. So it's nice. There's no, it's not like a bobber and you sit there. You're always changing, always moving, always doing something new, paying attention to stuff. So it's, it's good, good activity for me. What is your greatest fishing achievement? Oh, okay. Um, there is this event called the flyathlon. You should look it up. Um, it is a hybrid of a running race and a fishing race. And there are like different distances you can choose, right? So if there's like a half marathon, you run the half marathon trail, and then there's little beaver ponds along the whole route. And at some point in the race, you have to climb down to the beaver ponds, catch a fish, and then put your rod back up and run with your rod for the rest of the time. And depending on what breed of fish you catch, you get a certain amount of minutes off your time. And winning the flyathlon was maybe my best fishing achievement. It was perfect. It like brought all my worlds together into one sport. Uh, You know, it was a fundraiser for conservation, but um, man, that was probably the best day of my whole life as an adult too. Uh, It was super fun. That's cool. If, If you podiumed at the CrossFit Games, as a master's athlete, which, which would rank higher the flyathlon or the games? I think the CrossFit games is a much bigger event <laughs> than uh, running and fishing against about 10 other people in the woods. But, um, but it was, it was a very fun moment for me. That's awesome. All right. So now we'll go back to legends and um, I'm going to turn it over to Jamie a little bit and let her kind of walk through some of the events um, she did them, you did them. So she has a better understanding as to what was happening there. And I'll let her kind of take this over. Well, we talked about, you started with the swimming, not, not necessarily your strong suit. Um, that one was really hard. I don't know about for you, but like for me to like, know at all, like you talked about the other ones, like not necessarily knowing where someone's at, that one was really hard to see where people were at. So that's like, you just kind of get in the water and do your thing and, figure out is that how you felt yeah yeah and and you know as i was telling you before i'm kind of a tunnel vision person anyway so i'm not sure i even want to notice the only time you could really see if somebody was like right in front of you right and so at the very end you know the last length i did see a couple people like kind of coming up on me um and so i you know i did my best to sprint that was the only time i saw anyone um i don't think i caught either of them so you know whatever (laughs) at least i tried (laughs) there's nothing Mm -hmm. worse than just being like you know outrun by somebody in the last couple seconds. Right. So I had to do my best, but I think it was a little too late at that point. Yeah. I, I liked the swim. Like it was nice to do something other than just swim. Um, I liked getting out of the pool. It was an interesting event. Um, I think dumbbell speed played a part and transition speed played a part. Um, but you obviously had to be a de- comfortable in the water to do fairly well in that workout. Do you, do you swim like for training? You know, when I was training, um, individually and a little bit more intensely, um, I did swim once a week. Um, I would say I got more comfortable in the water, but I was still was never good at it. 
<laughs> but being comfortable in the water is half the battle, right? I mean, at least knowing yeah. how fast you should go. Um, but you know, the rec center I go to, it's, you know, they wouldn't allow a dumbbell in, um, you can't dive. That was kind of an interesting thing to have to do again. Uh, so it was, I mean, it was, I thought it was cool to show up and be like, well, I've never tried anything like this. This is kind of cool. You know, I did one dumbbell workout in the pool when they told us it was swimming. I went, you know, I went a few times just to kind of make sure brush the dust off a little bit. And I did bring a dumbbell once. Um, and, and so I, I kind of understood that you had to take a second before you dive in, right. That kind of thing. If you dive too far, you're all of a sudden haven't been breathing for that whole length. Right. So it kind of has to be a short dive. So I had a couple, you know, things up my sleeve, but I mean, it still just totally fell apart into some kind of a backstroke situation, but you know, I got through it and I think I finished maybe 12th in that. And does that sound right? And, and uh, that was pretty good for me, to be honest. I, yeah. like, I'll take that, no problem. So not, not the belly flop style. Was, not the belly thing. flop, but, um, but I, I did <laughs> bet one of the girls to, um, to do a, a cannonball and she did execute in her last round, Kristen. Um, so big shout out to Kristen for uh, being the fun of the whole event. That's she, awesome. didn't, um, she didn't call it out though. I feel like you have to yell cannonball before you cannonball. Yeah. That was a little bit disappointing, but she still did it. Oh, that's awesome. I must've <laughs> been like cooling down or I don't know. Cause I, yeah, I totally yeah, she, was in, uh, uh, she wasn't in my heat, but she did. She looked, she looked like left, right. And I think noticed that she wasn't going to do well in it and just get involved in on her last one. That's fantastic. That, that is something our listener, Corey Leonard, would do in a heartbeat. I know it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay. So then we go inside and we do the lifts. Um, I know I know for me, like, the back, the warm-up area wasn't, like, spectacular. There wasn't a whole lot of room. Um, yeah. Federal, Federal law states you have to yell cannonball mid-leap. Exactly. I'll notify her. Yeah. <laughs> um, tough kind of tough one to warm up for which is that's always kind of been one of my things like I don't even know if it's appropriate to program one reps at stuff like this when it isn't like an ideal situation to go out and do especially for like those 60 plus year olds like and so that's just always been like a thing of mine for these comps but it is what it is we went out there and did them um how were your lifts like for you like any a PR that day or anything Definitely not a PR. No. Um, you know, I had messed with the list before I left. I knew I was on the weaker side for myself right now, which is already starting at kind of a low baseline. So, um, you know, I think this is not an excuse for my lifts. I actually, I think I executed what I could do in that moment, but, um, I had, I did have COVID the week before, um, the week before legends. Um, and I was real on the fence about going and I tested negative about four days prior and kind of rallied for maybe two like awful workouts right before I left. And I was like, let's just see, I'm just going to go and let's just see. So it kind of worked out perfectly that the swim, which is a weakness of mine and the lift, which is a weakness of mine was the first day, which is the only day I wasn't feeling awesome still. Um, and then I felt fine the rest of the weekend. Like I woke up the next morning, I felt fine. I was like, well, this could have worked out better. Um, so I don't think it really affected my performance. Um, except that I hadn't worked out much. So I was getting way sore than I should have. And I was really sore after that swim workout. Like my quads just from the dumbbell um, were like, were like kind of like cramping up. Um, I am not a power cleaner. I'm a squatter. Everything. I squat my deadlifts. I squat everything. Um, hmm. And I went out there and power cleaned and jerked. And I was like, what is happening to my body? Um, so it was, it was kind of weird for me, but I ended up hitting probably ish what my maxes were. I'm sure I could have rallied for five more pounds, you know, on, on either, if I warmed up better, you know, to your point, I think I warmed up maybe too early because I was afraid I wouldn't get the equipment, you know, yeah. you see a bar that's like light and you're like, I just better, I better get it in now. Um, yep. so, you know, it's between that and my quads kind of being sore. I was like, I just, this is what it's going to be right now. Um, my lifetime maxes are probably only, 10 pounds more than both of those lifts anyway. So what would 20 pounds more have really done in the grand scheme of things for some of the numbers those girls were putting up. So I, I probably placed where I should, what should have placed, which was fairly low. You know, I think that the advantage we had, you know, both you and I had in this comp is that, um, that was a 100 point 
um, you know, score for two lifts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bob said, you know, it, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a combined score hundred, um, for pounds. Um, but if you had made, if he had made it two different scores, it just would have been 50 points anyway. So I'm not sure yeah. it would have changed the leaderboard really much. Um, so that was a benefit for me. You know, I got all the lifts out of the way and it was only one, you know, one score. So, you know, um, but if you, you know, if you look into the next, the next morning thinking that, all right, I got to call my babe back up, you know, started first day in 18th place, like, all right, let's see, you see if the points are there. And then we start with that. Um, the, uh, farmer's carry workout, yep, um, the double dumbbell. Yep. I gave my whole entire soul to that workout and it moved me from 18th to 17th place. So oh. at that point, like the discouragement was real. I was like, I don't, I don't know. That effort was not worth that jump. Um, and that's when I started looking into the scoring and realizing, okay, you know, I got seventh on that, um, but tried very hard to get that seventh place and just destroyed my grip for the whole weekend. Um, but then I realized, well, this, if I had gotten sixth, right, the scoring jump was pretty big. So basically the top six were awarded a lot more. Um, and then seventh down to, I think it was like 11th or something or seventh down to 20th or something, you know, was like, um, the next tier down of points. And then basically the bottom half, it was only like a one point difference between mm-hmm. scores. So that's when I realized, okay, I either have to like hold back on these or go for it a hundred percent. Um, but luckily what was left were all workouts I, I liked. So I basically just did you hold on. Yeah. Did you hold on to them unbroken? I held on to them unbroken. Um, there were some borderline reps that I almost can't believe they even counted because my forearms were like seizing to the point where I couldn't open them anymore. And I was like, I'm not sure if this is going to count as extending my arm. <laughs> they were like cramping up. Uh, yeah, it got very close, but I, I did do it. But somehow, um, somehow six girls managed to do it faster than me. So how much more I could do in that yeah. one. Yeah. Grip after that one was, I like, I like couldn't even sign my scorecard. That was, I was oh, like, yeah. it was, I had no bad. pressure. Yeah. I really put myself in a, in a bad spot for the rest of the weekend after mm-hmm. that. Do you think that Bob thought that we would all be doing that unbroken? Not all, but no, at least half. Oh, I, I don't know if they thought half. I, I mean, I think that they maybe only thought top five or so in, 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 a, I mean, especially like maybe in your, in the 35, 39, maybe 10. Um, but I don't even know. I don't even think that many did. Like, no, I seem like so no. many, even the heats before me, I watched and everyone was just holding on. Like, well, that is not what the way I thought this was going to go. I wonder if Bob thought it was going to go this way. <laughs> I, maybe in the 35 or 39, but I think, I think when you got to 40 and started moving up, I think only like the top four or five in the, in the heats did. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was only the top heat and it was only a couple people. There were a lot of people dropping in devil's press in, in the earlier heats. I mean, I don't mind a devil's press. I, I, I wonder if maybe, maybe that wasn't the smartest choice for me to try to go broken on that for a seventh place finish, you know, but hindsight's 2020. So well, so, do you, did it impact you for the rope climbs? Yeah, feel like, yeah, yeah. So I placed well on that one, but I might have even maybe won it or got top three or something. But third, third. So I I placed well. And rope climbs are not a strength of mine. I'm very short. Um, I'm not very usually very strong in the descent. Um, that's something I've been practicing, but I always feel like people can somehow do it way faster than me. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it worked out for me. I'm very comfortable with any kind of rope, um, any length, any weight. Um, we have drag ropes, we have beaded dubs in my gym. We do it all the time. Um, so I was comfortable with that. And I think that, I think it got people more than I thought it would. Um, so maybe it was like a little bit less about the rope climbs at the end of the day. Uh, but oh man, was I hurting. And the, the next day, I mean, it was like the whole weekend was a lot of grip. Yeah. I agree. A lot of squatting too. It was a lot, yeah, of squatting. lot of squatting, but a lot of light squatting. So, you know, I feel like our quads were, you know, hopefully trained for that. I don't know if I've ever trained Adam, for that. 
40 squat cleans at 155 is not 30 right? or light. Was it 30? It is 40. 10 to, 30 or 40. 10 to, I don't know, 240. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was just, I was just happy to do singles on something for once in the weekend <laughs> instead of having a whole on, you know, yeah. so much, but yeah. I, um, I mean, you, you thought, I thought to myself, maybe neutral to grip would feel better on the rope, but then it's like, no, cause we were neutral to grip on the dumbbells and it was kind of just relentless on the grip. Yeah. Yeah. We got through it. Yeah. That one was short enough that I feel yeah. like my grip didn't, didn't start screaming at me till I was done. Um, yeah. I think it started to hurt really right when you finished. I agree. Yeah, now the, I think the last the last workout, if you talk about legs, I don't think I've ever felt my legs seize like that mid workout and like not be able to jump over a bar and burpee over the bar. It was awesome. It was awesome because it was like debilitating with no like it was still 100% safe, but still debilitating. <laughs> like it wasn't you didn't put us in like a dangerous spot <laughs> or anything like that, right? But it was just funny, just legs giving out. I thought it was hilarious. Very painful. Well, so, before we get to the final day, you got, you get to Saturday and that was your absolute best day, a second and a first you get to do like some true CrossFit, the, the bar muscle ups and, um, cycling the barbell light. That was a good workout, but again, grippy. Yeah. Grippy again. I, I did not think I was gonna be able to hold on to that and broken, which I didn't. Um, but I saw, I saw easy Muhammad do it before and he, um, I'm, he did like maybe half of his workout with singles and still won that event. So I was like, okay, see, you can do it. You know, I think, you know, when at that point, the way all of our grip felt, I knew the bar muscles were going to get sketchy at the end, even though it's really not that high volume. I think it was like maybe 30, maybe not even, um, you know, which I think for all the athletes that were there, like normally in a workout would be fine. Um, but it, even for me, I was like slipping off the top in the last few reps. I think I had, Uh, so we lost, Meg lost Megan for a second. Um, it's almost like her phone died. Or she's getting a call. Uh, yeah, call usually doesn't take this long. But anyway, so when it's weird because like your grip must have recovered faster than most because a lot of the athletes we've talked to in the last couple of days talk about how their grip went. And you didn't have that problem. Is it something that you train more or do you think you figured out the recovery aspect of that? Uh, that's a good question. I, I didn't even honestly, I mean, I have my gun and I it, like a scraper and I kind of like to scrape my forearms after stuff like that. Um, but I, I heard a lot of people went and like put their arms in the ice bath, that kind of stuff. I didn't do any of that. I, I was more worried about, there she is. Sorry about that. Computer glitch there. Okay, no problem. Um, so yeah, you cut out just as you were saying. You were slipping a little bit down the top, um, but you were able to hang on and kind of get through the bar muscle ups. Uh, yeah. So I, I think where I, I, you know, I did look left right, which is always dangerous for me, and realized I had, I probably had on the last round a, a moment if I could have held on unbroken. And then jumped right on the bar. I probably could have taken first. And I just knew I didn't trust my grip. And I was like, it's going to have to be second on this one. And I just slowed down to make sure I did it. Way rather have second than like it's six because I get no rep or something. So, yeah. And then, then you move into, then you move into the, the event that you win. Yes. So that one, which one was that? That second Another one. Walk, clean, handstand walk. Buckley Hanson walk. Yeah. So that was, that was surprising considering some of the, I think somebody did like a two thirty or two forty clean and jerk. So I was like, they're going to touch and go this, this is going to make me look stupid. Um, and I was, I was surprised that the handstand walking kind of caught up to them a little bit. They still it were was. all playing the bar than me. Um, just not fast enough to make up for it. I think mm -hmm. it was the great equalizer for sure. I, they just weren't fast enough and they had to like stop and rest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm pretty comfortable kicking right up. 
So, I mean, I was, I was okay being a little hypoxic and still handstand walking, but yeah, that bar was like a little nerve wracking for me, but I don't know. It worked oh. out. That was a big surprise. I was, I was psyched about that win. Yeah. You crushed that one. Then you go into the last day. Did you leaderboard watch to see like where you were, what you had to do at that moment? And I guess the other question is at what point did you realize you had a shot at winning this? Uh, I thought points wise, I didn't have a shot going into the last day. Um, basically I looked at, I looked at where Amanda Norton was at and her point spread was pretty decent, not like locked in, but you know, I looked at it and I was like, I don't know for me to even get on the, like, stay on the, on the podium. I would have to get like, I'd have to get top six for sure on both workouts and both parts. And she'd have to get like below 10th. And she's been consistently hanging around sixth for every workout. So I was like, I just don't see her. I mean, she looks great. She doesn't seem fatigued. Like that would be such a weird situation. And then sure enough, we go into that one. I get fourth and fifth and she gets 10th and 12th. I was like, that is the exact thing that had to happen. And I didn't expect it. And I had, uh, I don't know if this was like based on where, you know, where I was placed at the time or if it was just random, but I ended up having the first lane. So facing away from everyone. So I had my back to everyone. I had no idea how I was doing. There were a couple friends that were, you know, close to me in the crowd that would kind of be like, I don't know, I think you're doing okay. I think maybe, I don't know. Like, I think you're probably still up there. Like no one could really tell, right? There were such short sets back and forth. Um, so, you know, based on what I knew the points, you know, how I knew the points, um, were allocated, I knew that it was much better to do really good and then maybe sacrifice one versus, right. Just trying to get, you know, 10th and 10th or something. Right. I knew I had to get a top six score. So for me, I love burpees. Um, I do empty barbell thrusters all the time and that weight was pretty similar. So I was like, okay, I think I know how this is going to feel. I think I would rather go hard on that one. So in my mind, my plan was just be comfortable in the first part, save my, you know, place myself. Okay. And then go for it on the second part. Cause everyone else will be tired. Um, and then the friend that I had sitting in the crowd, you know, said, I think you should go for it. You know, kind of halfway through that first part. She's like, I think you're placed. Okay. Like keep going for it. Like switch your plan, you know, start going for this one. So, so I did that and I was not okay going into the second workout. Um, and I was actually surprised by my placement because that for me should have been, I wanted to be the only, you know, one of the only ones that finished that part. It didn't finish it. Um, you know, usually I'm a lot faster at burpees than everyone. And I could barely, I had to step over the bar, which I've never done. I think maybe ever in my life. And it was, it was borderline embarrassing, but then the placement ended up being okay. So I guess it worked out for me that I tried, you know, tried so hard on that first one. So what does a win like this mean to you when you look at what you're capable of going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think you place well, especially when it's not an expectation. It's kind of lights the fire again, right? Um, you know, this is a brand new division for me. You know, maybe I have a future in this division, you know, and you know, where I thought I was getting left in the dust and maybe some of the other divisions, like maybe this is a new start for me. Um, I, it definitely, you know, exposed me in the, in the places I thought it would, you know, it showed me what I would have to work on, but also kind of showed me I can hang with some of these, you know, some of these ladies. Um, so, you know, I think it, as I've shifted my training in the last couple of years, you know, I was a big, you know, I followed Invictus for many, many years, um, sometimes with the crew, sometimes by myself, and I've shifted to, um, you know, a new kind of a new model, um, trying to get all the competitive athletes to be doing the classes, um, in our gym. So to program different levels such that, you know, the highest level is, you know, some kind of a semifinal athlete, you know, really heavy, higher, higher, maybe more reps, sometimes heavier. Um, and then, you know, a level one being like a scaled and, and then everything in between, um, so that you can still be working out with your friends, but still be training for the games. Um, we only have an hour at a time, right? So we, we, we put a couple extra sessions in there. So if you want to do a double day or you want a, a second lift or, you know, drills or something, you know, we've plugged that in. And so for me, this was a cool test that it is, it is working, um, you know, doing this in the class setting and being part of a group and having fun with my friends. I'm like, worst case, it, it doesn't work. I'm still fit. I still look good. And I, I get, got to be with my friends 
you know, and my business is doing well, right? So I'm like, what do I really have to lose trying this this strategy? And I think it's, you know, it's shown that it's, it, it is, you know, it is a, a style, you know, that you can, you can program that if you want to be competitive and do classes in a gym and your programmer is, is up for putting in a little extra work, it's possible. So you throughout write, the- you write all the own programming. Yeah. So it, a group of three of us, um, um, do the programming for the whole gym. Um, we each have our own biases, so we make sure we have a team calling us ourselves out on it a little bit. Um, and I think when it morphs a little bit, it's easier to do your own programming. Sometimes if you write something terrible, it's hard to do it because you know how it's going to feel, right? And so when you have a group of people, I think, like, fudging it a little bit and, and then a, a coach that's not me presenting it, it feels like a whole new workout, you know, once you once you come to class. That's cool. So my question was, in this roller coaster year of emotions – you become a mom. How much doubt crept in with the sleep deprivation, with the new responsibilities, with all of that? And then to come to an event like this and win, like, I can't imagine the ebb and flow that that would be for an individual. Yeah, that's a roller coaster. It was definitely a roller coaster. Um, I think that when you try something new, like, you know, like the, you know, starting to do class instead of starting to do a, instead of doing, you know, something with a little more personalization um, or something meant for competitors. I think there was already like a little bit of doubt there. I think that there are people maybe in my gym questioning it a little bit too. Is this really working? Um, is this what we should be doing? And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the doubt was there. I mean, I knew with how sleep deprived I was and how my body felt, it wouldn't be safe for me to lift as much as heavy or as frequently as I was before. And so that's always scary. It's scary, not just for a max, it's scary for, you know, cycling a heavy bar. It's scary for doing something like a wall ball. Like if you're not squatting heavy wall balls are pretty hard, they become hard, right? When, you know, it's something like a heavy wall ball or something. So it's like everything is related, you know? And so there, of course there was, um, there was a good amount of doubt. Um, but you know, I still, I've done, you know, I've done, benchmark workouts just to make sure, you know, I've, I've invited people to my gym who I, I find to be a much higher caliber than me to see where I stand. Um, and so I don't, th- I don't think that my, per- like my, my times or my placements were anything surprising, but, um, um, I shouldn't say my, t- I should say my times and my place, my times weren't surprising. My, um, the way that I felt each workout wasn't surprising. I just, I would just, wasn't sure where that would end me on the, on the leaderboard. And so to see that, okay, this is exactly the time I thought I was going to get, this is the time I got in the gym. This feels like this other workout I did in the gym. I'm just going to game it the same way. And then to have that end me top on the leaderboard, I guess it's just, it's reassuring. Um, it's definitely reassuring. Well, this has been an awesome hour. It's been so much fun getting to know you. Um, I'm so glad we're doing this series because the stories have been amazing. And yours did not disappoint at all. Um, we are definitely going to stay in touch throughout the season uh, with all of these Masters athletes to kind of see where you guys end up in the next season. But I want to wish you good luck with everything being in one, being a new mom as a parent. I know what, what that entails. Two, about your season. I hope you have an amazing season this coming year. Thank you so much. And thank you for, um, thank you for the exposure to that you're giving master's athletes. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's my first interview, you know, it's, it's just so cool that, um, you know, to, to have somebody, you know, giving these women the attention that they deserve. I mean, it's, I mean, it just, I think it really shows gyms out there and, you know, you know, people over 35, um, I mean, you saw people over 50 doing handstand walking, doing bar muscle ups. I mean, we have to give masters athletes more credit. We can do it. We can do it. And you should, you should ask us to do it. Um, so thank you so much for bringing that all to light. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Um, I love, I always feel like I'm with my people when I'm at the masters events. Um, and it's where I feel the most comfortable. So I'm 54 myself or I will be 54 in a week. Um, so yeah, I love I love the Masters, and we're going to continue to give them all the coverage. So with that, thank you, everybody in the chat, for participating. We love you all, and we'll catch everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast. Bye, guys. So much. C4 Energy, extend 
and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C, the number four energy.com. That's C4energy.com. And now back to the interview. <laughs> 